Hello, and welcome to Cousin Chat with Donna and Brad, two proud educators and HBCU grads. Here, we really try to talk about what matters. But so today we are asking the question, or actually here to tell people that you have to know when it's time to go. And so that is the title of this episode. You have to know when it's time to go. And so today to have this conversation with me, I have my cousins, number one, Kenyana. Say hello, hello to the people. Hello, everyone. And cousin number two, Dayborn. Say hello to the people. Hello, people. Okay. What a greeting. Anyway, so they've both been here with me before. So today we're just going to jump right in. When I was thinking about this topic, I was thinking about not so much when you um, have an opportunity, like say, for example, you're in a, a job or a position and you get another opportunity to take a better job or a different one that will take you to another level. I'm not talking about that, knowing when it's time to go. I'm talking about the type of situation where you are crying on your way to work every day and you know it's time to go. Like this is not the place you need to be. And the reason why I think it's so important to kind of explore this is because sometimes, you know, people stay in positions or in places for certain reasons, but then at what point do you say, you know what, I can't take this anymore. Now for me, I remember a job that I had, it was for a newspaper and I was crying on the way to work every day. Like I would get in the car and cry all the way to work. And it just, it got to a point where it was just like, you know what, I can't do this anymore. But the adult in you or the responsible person in you tells you, okay, you have bills, <laughs> you know, so if you're going to do something like quit or something drastic like that, you need to have a plan. But you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. I know my mom used to tell me, you know, RIP for those of you who don't know my mother has gone on, but she used to tell me, you know, Donna, the paper's going to run if you're not there, number one. But number two, when she saw how miserable I was, she just said, because I was kind of right out of college. So you know how those funds are. They're not really a whole, it's not a lot, but it was enough for me to pay my car payment and like, you know, other little things. So she said, look, you can't keep doing this. I will cover your car payment for, you know, don't, don't worry about it. Like I need you healthy basically. And I need you to keep your sanity. So if you're worried about your car payment or this, that, and the other, and that's why you keep going here, don't worry about it. You have to do what's best for you. And so I actually gave my two weeks notice. And let me tell you, after I put in that notice, I felt such relief. Like I felt like I could, I could breathe. Like I just felt like a weight was lifted and I still did my work for those two weeks. Cause that's just the kind of person I am. I, I, I you know, training people to do what they're going to have to do, you know, in my stead. But let me tell you, it, the, people always say, you know, you got to step out on faith. Sometimes you got to step out on faith, but that is easier said than done sometimes. But let me tell you, that is one time that I did it and it actually worked. Let me tell you the last day of my two weeks notice I went out to eat with my friend Nikki 
Oh, hey, shout out. Hey, Nikki. Got a phone call. It, it was from Nikki. She worked at a hospital. So Nikki. And she said, um, so are you still looking for a job? <laughs> I said, yes. She said, well, they're hiring in my office and, I, and you can start Monday, you know, because this was on a Friday. And so I was like, what? Come in on Monday? For Are you serious? She was like, yeah, they're looking for somebody. I told them all about you. And you can come in on Monday. I was like, thank you, God, but can I please just take one extra week off? Anyway, so, but I had a job. I mean, but it was because I actually took the step to do what I needed to do for myself that this opportunity even presented itself because I wasn't looking for that particular job, but she knew I was looking for a job. And I just think that sometimes when you do step out on faith, God will put people in your path that you never even thought of. I Who working at a hospital. I never thought about working at a hospital, but it was a job, you know, and it, and it came in right at the right time. So has that ever happened to you guys where you felt like I cannot do this any longer? And it doesn't even have to be a job. It could be church. You know, sometimes people feel like I grew up in this church. I can't leave. I have responsibilities. They need me to do this and that, but I'm not getting fed. I mean, there are so many times when you could think about, I really need to go, but I just, these ties, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, Holy man, you want to go first? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sure. I'll go first. Uh, I think one thing um, is we always know when it's time to go before we actually move. And the reason for that is a lot of times we don't have the resources to get to where we want to get to, or we're just uncertain or we're fearful. Um, and what, when we do that, we limit ourselves. So if you don't allow yourself to have that door opened for you, like you did, Donna, if you wouldn't have put in those two week notice, that two week notice, and you just kept crying every day to work and just kept going on with the same old thing that you were used to, you wouldn't have had that opportunity at the hospital, which actually probably led you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So we have open doors everywhere, but what we do is we don't allow ourselves to pull a key out of our pocket. Or we don't allow ourselves to look and see that, wow, this door is open for me if only I do this first. Um, so, yeah, I think my biggest takeaway takeaway from that is we always know when it's time to go, but we always don't have the resources. But we should always allow ourselves to see what we don't see. Yeah. I agree. So the first thing I will tell you is I have been in a situation like yours, Donna, where I cried all the way to work. <laughs> I'd cry all the way home. It was awful. Um, I mean, y'all have to understand. I mean, I would pray going into the building. Um, I remember one time I came in on a Saturday and prayed over my office. I prayed over my boss's office um, <laughs> because it was um, it was so toxic. It was a really toxic environment. I mean, to the point that like I couldn't even work in peace at my desk. I would come in in the morning and my boss would have gone through my inbox to prioritize what she wanted me to do versus, you know, the way I would do it is, okay, I can get to these things faster. So let me go ahead and tackle those things first. No, she would go, my my trash can would be moved um, from where I like it to where she likes it. Um, It was nuts. It was nuts. so what eventually wound up happening though, and this is where it definitely God stepped in, because um, there had been rumors of another company coming to take over and that's what happened. And it was one of those things where they came in like almost overnight. 
So when we came in the next day, it was like, okay, well, this person's gone, this person's gone, this person's gone. We've moved you to a different department. And so that's how I got moved to a different department. Um, so, you know, so I was like, the whole way in. Um, and it really was a better opportunity. I, I still wanted that, that department that I was moved to is actually still one of the, one of my favorite, uh, departments. And I've been working in this industry for more than 25 years. And, um, it's still one of my favorites to this day, even though I don't, I don't think I was in it for more than a year. Um, so what uh, kept you there for as long as you stayed? Um, I was telling myself that it was a learning opportunity, which I'm sure that you were thinking it being at the company that you were in. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't want to have this on their resume? You know, um, and for me and my, uh, the industry that I'm in, you have different tiers and I enjoy the luxury space. And so to say that you were able to work at a certain pace in the luxury sector is, is completely different than saying that you worked, you know, in a, um, a different tier mm-hmm. part of the company. That's also, um, and it has served me well, but, um, honestly, uh, it, the, the, what, what I endured was definitely not, <laughs> it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. I'm glad God stepped in when he did, cause I probably would have complete. I just would have, I, I would have quit and I never wanted to, um, I, I would have preferred to always have a two week notice. I would have never wanted to just walk out the door. Um, so the other thing I was going to ask you about, um, I remember hearing on the radio one time listening to Steve Harvey and I have actually thought this is probably one of the best pieces of advice and have definitely keep this in the forefront of my mind. He was, he, um, did an analogy about how some things you have to let go of that you can have this space for the new opportunity. And he talked about how his mother kept telling him, cause he said, I, I'm going to get a new car. And she was like, what are you going to do with the old car? And he kept, said so they went back and forth, back and forth. And finally he got rid of the old car. And it was almost immediately that the new car came. And she said, this is what I'm talking about. If you had not moved it, where were you going to park the new car? Mm-hmm. And that's the way I look at new opportunities now. I mean, I wish I had heard that like 20 years ago, but you know, Still, yeah, uh, you know, I remember, sorry, I remember his story yeah. because they were on cinder blocks in the driveway, right, the car right. was, mm-hmm. and it was just sitting there. Right. But it's, yeah, when he moved it, that's when. And I mean, think about it though, especially on cinder blocks. I mean, it's not like he could just drive off and drop, you know, drop it somewhere. It was going to take an effort to get it off of the cinder blocks and move it where it needed to, wherever it was going to go. I mean, yeah. you know, you look at those cinder blocks as being other roadblocks and, and maybe even reasons, I won't say excuses, but reasons as to why you can't do something right now. Or you say, well, I can't jump at this opportunity because, mm-hmm. you know, I really can't move right now. I mean, I, I, I get it. I get it. And then that leads me to the question, you know, at what point do we start to value the happiness of others over our own, especially if you're staying in a situation because if you leave, it will inconvenience someone else, you know, or some other people or some other group. And I I just really think about when I think of church, like I'm, please, everybody who knows me knows this is not my situation at all. I love my church and I'm not going anywhere. But I do know that there are situations where people 
um, outgrow, I guess you could say, their church, or it's just not feeding them anymore. It's not giving them what they needed. You know, if you were in a church, say, at five, you're a totally different human being at 25 and maybe even at 55. So it is possible to outgrow a particular environment, especially if you're not getting fed. But if you are in charge of certain parts of this entity and you're responsible for this and responsible for that, the the thing that keeps you there is is sometimes probably the thing that, you know, just makes it so hard for you to leave for yourself. It's even if you know you need to go. So, you know, I think that can be difficult for some people. So, you know, I, if you have any words, they board of encouragement for people who like, especially in the, the church, the area of church, is there anything you could um, tell people or kind of give them to help them with this decision that might be so difficult to make? Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I'll give you a story about myself and Ty. We were in a ministry a few years ago. I was a governing elder. Uh, she was the associate pastor. So we had, I guess what you would call high level positions in the uh, ministry. And we knew for a long time that it was time for us to move on from that ministry. But the thing that kept us there was, was the people. Um, we would be able to see how the atmosphere would change when we would come in. So many people would call for advice and what would we do with this? And even our marriage was a shining example of what people thought black love should be. So we had so many people tied to us and tied to what we brought to the table that we stayed two years past our expiration date for the people. And we have to understand that God is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. In other words, these people came in this world alone. They didn't come in this world with us. We didn't bring them in. We have to understand and, and allow ourselves to understand that even if we're there or if we're not, God is going to take care of these people. What they're seeking for, he will provide for them. We're not the saving grace. And we had to understand that. But the whole time that we stayed there, for everybody else, it began to weigh on us. So we weren't getting, like you said, we weren't getting fed the way we were supposed to get fed because we were always working. It was always about the people, the people, the people, which ministry is about. But what happens to us when you're ministering to everybody else who ministers to you? Right. So we had to take our time and sit back and say, you know what, it's time for us to move on. I think we've outgrown this area and we have to trust that the people will be fine. Um, everybody this world is not our responsibility to save it's our responsibility to encourage but not to save so like i said you always know when it's time to move on it's just being able to say i'm going to do it now once you say i'm going to do it because you can have even women like our that are in terrible marriages where the husband is abusive and they know the first time he hit you you should have left it should have been over you knew it was over then for you but what kept you there once we can figure out the thing that's keeping us in the situation that we know is dead then we can figure out how to bring life to that situation yeah and that that's the hard part so i guess that's where you know faith comes in your circle comes in your your belief like all those things that help you because a lot of times if you could do it on your own and it was that easy you would do it 
So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to know who you can trust, who is for you. Because there are people sometimes who will think that they're giving you good advice, but they're just really not. You know, so right. you have to know who to listen to and just kind of take your guidance that way. And um, I just thought it was good to have this chat today. I don't know what I was looking at on TV because, you know, I'm always watching something on TV. But I was just like, you know what? You have to know when it's time to go. And you do have, they, I'm like, you have signs. Like, you you know when it's time to go. And I know for me that one particular time, just crying every day on the way to work, I was like, this cannot be how it's going to be. Like, I cannot sustain this. You know what I mean? So I thank God I had an angel in my mom who was like, I'll help you out until you can, you know, get back to the point where you could just take your car payments back over. But I mean, that was why I was saying, I was like, I know what I have to do. And of course, you know, if you know me, you know, I'm not asking for her to pay. <laughs> you know, I'm not asking for the, you know, the money or the help or anything like that. But when she saw what was happening to my spirit, she was like, let me just tell this girl because she's not going to quit, you know. And she was right. I was not going to quit. I was going to stay in that environment and just be miserable every day. But I thank God for her. And uh, for those of you who have people in your lives that can be your saving grace, if you need them for just a time period to make a little transition and mean it, don't take this, don't take advantage of people who are trying to help you. So I don't mean that. I don't mean like, okay, well, I'm going to do this little transition. And then like five years later, you're still transitioning. And that person is still, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what we're saying at all. But you do have to know when it's time to go. So before we get into the final takeaway, I'd just like to say, um, you know, thank you for hanging with us today as usual. Thank you, Kenyana. Thank you, Dayborn. Um, if you want to follow us and keep up with us on social media, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can uh, listen to our episodes on CousinChat.com or your favorite streaming platform. But um, as far as the takeaway, it really is just to (laughs) know when it's time to go. You've got to know when you've had some fun. Okay, this is done. It's time to move on and use your circle and keep your faith. It may make your faith even a little stronger because you have to step out on it sometimes. Um, Any other additions to the takeaway? I would say definitely try to recognize if you have grown, because sometimes you just outgrow a position or you outgrow an organization and that's okay. It's okay to recognize that. And like you said, step out on faith. And you can outgrow people. That's true. So maybe yes. the friendship is over. Like you, mm-hmm. this, this, this chat was like for any situation. Yes. Just so I could, I just want to make that clear that you know it's time like to move on or it's time to go we've outgrown our friendship we've outgrown this relationship this employment opportunity this tr- whatever it is just just think about it that way okay day one yep and i'll just say plan your exit make sure you have a exit strategy you don't want to leave situations just at the heat of the moment uh because you can cause more damage than good and one thing we should also remember and i'll be real quick is that a lot of times we stay in situations because it's our comfort zone, but at the same time, it's our conflict zone. Which one do you want more? Which one is really benefiting you more? Is it the fact that you have this um, freedom to do what you need to do? Does that outweigh the fact that somebody's moving your trash can and scanning through your inboxes every day? Which one outweighs the other? So 
understand your comfort zone or your conflict zone. Once you get those two, you can figure out how to navigate and do what you need to do just a little bit more um, with a little bit more insight. Yeah. Comfort or conflict? conflict. Okay, mm-hmm. one, you always get ready to take yeah. us to church, but listen. So till we come back to, and I love that. I love that about you. So don't don't ever change that. Anyway, so thank you all um, for being with me again. And until we come back to our next cousin chat, think about all of that. I'm Donna. I'm Kenyatta. I'm Dave Boyd. And this is Cousin Chat. Cousin Chat. Cousin Chat. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.